0: Greetings and welcome to Cool Radio Stories, a podcast for independent radio stations in small to medium sized markets, presented by Cool Radio Streaming. Now, here's your host.
1: Tom Dobrez. Welcome to our podcast today. I'm Tom Dobrez, owner of Cool Radio Streaming. And with us today is an individual you might say has reached the peak of small radio broadcasting, amongst a variety of other projects which we'll delve into. This gentleman also runs three radio stations under the peak of Ohio brand. He is VTech Communications President Lou Vito. He's a member of the Board of Directors for the Idea Bank, and we are thrilled to have him. Lou, welcome to the show, and thanks for sharing your cool radio story with us.
2: Well, you're welcome. Uh, you know, if you want to count a AM station it's part of this thing, I guess it would be four, because I do pay an extra fee. So I, when if you pay the fees... You got to count the stations.
1: Absolutely. We'll give you credit. So, <laughs> so all under the peak of Ohio. Brandon, what town is that in, Lou, for our guests?
2: Well, we're in two different towns. We're in uh, Bell Fountain. That's how you pronounce it. The highest point in Ohio. How about that?
1: There in, you go.
2: Uh, that's Bell Fountain, Ohio. And in the, other
1: sta- the other station is in Urbana. We got a station in, in Urbana, Ohio. Great, great. Well, we'll get into some details of all those, but I want to remind our listeners uh, that in addition to our conversation with Lou... Uh, we're also going to hear from attorney John Garziglia during our Ask John segment. We ask John about some pressing legal matters in the radio world. And we'll also check in with John Wenzon of Radio Max for his insight in our audio column called Digging Into Digital. But well, let's start with Lou. In the beginning, Lou, I'm always curious to hear the answer to this question I start all interviews with. What was your first radio job?
2: My first radio job was it uh, and believe it or not it was in Columbus Ohio as a salesperson at uh one of the uh locally owned i think was
1: probably one of the only ones that was locally owned in Columbus Ohio right and so you started right off the bat in sales in Columbus
2: yeah well it, it, it's a long story however uh i was a wrestling coach and a high school teacher and a soccer coach i was a, but but wrestling was my my love at the time and and if you get into uh, if you really want to know my life i i i have like passions and i get extremely deep into those passions where it's like a black hole and i wanted to own a business and um so i asked, uh when i was a wrestling coach i had some successes in my first couple years and i had a wrestling camp and at the camp, because I, I, I happened to have a really good wrestler who won the state a couple of times. And, and so they thought I was this great coach. But yeah, I right? really I had a great wrestler, <laughs> you know, it's like having, you know, Tom Brady on your team. You're right, you Belichick a was a great
1: guy. coach, but so was Aaron's. right? As long as Brady's yeah, on the singles.
2: <laughs> so uh, I, I, I had a camp and, you know, and I started thinking, I have 125 wrestlers coming to, to my camp. And I'm thinking, these guys all have the same common love, the same... They're all wearing the same thing. They're all having the same tiger shoes, you know, keen headgear and, you know, a- ASIC shoes and, you know, the whole the whole thing. They all have the same singlets. And I started thinking, you know what? I should probably sell some sponsorships to this camp because it's 100. And I had no idea what I was doing. I have no selling abilities at that time. I didn't think. But I said, you know what? I'm going to do that. So next year I had a camp where all these booths on the side where I would sell. Hey, listen, you got 125 at each session that are a hundred percent interested in your product. Would you be interested in It's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It got to the point where I was making more money on the vendors than I was on the camp. <laughs> and, I, and I just loved it. So during, and I was a, uh, a physical education teacher. So during my classes back in the time we only had, uh, you know, it was gender specific. I had all the boys and we had a female instructor that had the, all the girls. So I had all the boys. So we're in the locker room, you know, you took showers back then. And, and while they're taking showers, I'm calling up different people about sponsoring a camp in the summer you know and i loved it so much that i liked it better than teaching and coaching <laughs> it was great wow yeah. so uh my my brother-in-law was uh, at a radio station that was just beginning a F- fm station was just beginning in in columbus and he was telling me he goes you know they called me louie hey louie are uh, you out to probably think about this i mean you sold time at your wrestling camp or space at your wrestling camp how would you like to do that all all day long cuz i was doing this you know, every 45 minutes, I jump to the phone and start calling people. And then the other 45 minutes, I throw a ball out there and play dodgeball, you know, <laughs> and go back to the phones. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. But I did that. I did do it sometimes. So uh, I, I, I said, what are you talking about? He said, listen, I sell time on radio where we play commercials, but we have people who and he, he explained it all. And I said, man, that's just like selling space in my wrestling camp, except I'm selling time. OK, uh, what do I have to do? And he was uh he was he was a good salesperson and he had a lot of connections so he t- uh, scheduled me uh, an interview with with his boss and I don't know what it was but I went there I had a mustache and I'm Italian and I was in the elevator and this guy was he knew who I was but I didn't know who he was I'm on the elevator for the interview and he gets off the elevator with me and he's in his exact words or are, are you here for an interview or are you here to deliver a pizza Now, at that point, I knew I wasn't dressed properly. Because you remember, a a coach in, you know, what was it, 79, 80s? No, it was 83, low 80s. You know, we didn't have, I never wore a suit. You know, and it was always, if I did have, and I did happen to have one. It was like, you know, the, the pants dragged on the ground and the tie didn't match. You know, but but
1: today, was. that sweatpants outfit you had on would be fit right in, right? No, <laughs> well, I didn't then.
2: Was, he taught me how to dress too. But uh, he uh, interviewed me and, and he said, well, why should I hire you? And I said, listen, I'm teaching kids. I taught health too. I said, I'm teaching to a bunch of, I'm selling to a bunch of people about 30 every hour uh, a, a product that they don't want. They don't even like. They don't care. And I have to sell it to them, and, and I think I do a pretty good job. And I do that like mm, nine times a day. And I think he he thought, "Holy cow, this guy's nuts!" And he's uh, and I was I'm very enthusiastic, and and you know I was probably standing up and salivating and spitting and everything. I don't know. And I had my coach's gear, you know, coach uh, talk, coach speak. And he hired me on the spot, but the the problem was I was um uh, it was like October, and I you know the school year just be had just begun but I had to do what I had to do and I uh, I really loved that so much that I I gave the school enough time they didn't like it it wasn't really fair if I had to look back at it now I probably would have waited till the semester ended but I did leave and um and that was the start of it wow. and then I learned that I I really wasn't that good and that and that's a whole other story right.
1: which we'll get into some of those uh, learning moments but I will say I've asked that question a bunch of times on this podcast and you're the first wrestling coach uh, <laughs> that we've had. Um, so very interesting. So here you are sales. Of course, you thought you knew everything, but you had a lot to learn. So what were some of those early challenges you faced that uh, you had to overcome?
2: Well, it first happened when I was uh, asked to come to do a presentation at um, an agency. And, and And this particular guy that hired me taught me a lot of things, but he didn't teach me how to sell. So I, you know, you get the yellow pages and you go out, and he had me going with people, which to this day I don't like. But he had me going with a guy, and you know, we would stop at the pawn shop, and then we'd stop and get coffee, and then we stopped at his bookie, and then we stopped to have a drink because back then you you drank during lunch, and then he stopped for a smoke, which you did back then. And it's like I learned nothing. I learned nothing except what not to do. <laughs> so on this first call that I had on my own. um, and this is going to sound sexist, but I was with a bunch of women, and I think they didn't like men. I don't know because did you ever see the movie Carrie when 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 she was in uh, was that Stephen King movie? Right. That uh, when she was at the prom or something, everybody's laughing at her. And you go, ha 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 ha! They're laughing at her because she wasn't dressed right or whatever. Well, I was there, and I was so bad that they just abused me, and it was like four or five women just nailed me to the wall. You know, was every, I guess, man, they, they must have had a bad relationship with men and they're just taking it out on me or something. They just schooled me to death. So I left that meeting and thinking that that's never, ever going to happen to me again. I got to learn this stuff. And what I did was I at, i signed myself up because my company wouldn't pay for it at to a Dale Carnegie uh, sales session, sales course. That's what it was. It was like 13 weeks or something like that. And that was the start of me saying to myself, "I got to learn this stuff," and and I was just a, a, a crazy man trying to gobble as much knowledge as I could, reading books. Uh, Chris Lytle had just been starting out that time, and I befriended him, and uh, it, it, it I went nuts, and I learned and learned, and I just couldn't learn enough, and I was up late at night, and I became again obsessed with uh, with that, and um, and then I got good enough to to at least hold my own.
1: Yeah, well, there's certainly a lot there. And I, I can only imagine, you know, fast forwarding now, you're running uh, four radio stations in uh, Southern Ohio. And- no, no,
2: no, West Cent- we're, we're not Southern. I don't want to get mixed up with those guys. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm kind of like uh, West Central, North West Central, West I'm Northern.
1: sorry. Okay, so my, my apologies. So What's the world up here? Yeah, you're managing four radio stations in West Central Ohio. And you had this experience where you were just thrown to the wolves, literally. Um, and you know, you were quote unquote being trained by a guy that, uh, had more time at his bookies. And and so you self-trained yourself. Now, what do you do with current individuals that come into your radio station? Does that kind of set you up where you're training them? Do you have a consistent plan? How are you running your current? what is it taken from that for anybody that comes to peak of Ohio today?
2: Well, I, I want to go back to what you said earlier. Uh, the, the, uh, that was just a salesperson that did that. My sales manager, uh, he taught me things like uh, how to dress, how to look, how to act on your first call. Okay, I got all that. And then my second radio station, I learned uh, with training, really good training. And and what I did was after I left that station, and I became the top biller uh, for uh, basically – probably in all of uh, Central Ohio and uh, radio at that time – and I worked myself up to that, but the training they gave me I liked so much. It was a Steve Brown videotape that when I left I asked if I could have it because I was there for a couple of years, and he said oh, no one else cares. Yeah, take it. So I still use those tapes today and as as part of my training. As I got uh, as I grew into sales, I um, and in and, in and, and early ownership too. I uh, I I you know Chuck Metford. I would go with him on his uh, sales calls, and I would evaluate him and. Sean Luce as well. I don't know if you know those two guys, but mm-hmm, absolutely. They, and I was going to a lot of Midwest family stuff just because I knew Chuck so well. And I asked Chuck, I said, and I'm I'm fast forwarding here. Uh, our radio stations were not billing a, a million dollars at the time when I first got him well, first couple several years. And I said, how do I break that barrier? And he says, uh, I'm going to introduce you to my friend uh, Jim Williams. So I went to Jim Williams's. Uh, camps, his uh, concentration (laughs) camps. And I actually went to over 30 of them. uh, Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I I include a lot of, I'm I'm like a a nice Jim Williams, as some people have called me. And I I include a lot of his stuff into my training. So to to answer your question, I do not ever want my people to go and get abused by male or female by a client because we don't know our information. So I train people. It takes about 10 days. And before, I'm, I'm determined to make sure that when they go out, even though if they've never sold radio advertising in their life, it'll be like their third year of selling of any other, any other competitor. So um, uh, we do, and I do believe in a lot of training beforehand.
1: Yeah, so we'll get to that more specifically about how you structure that. But I'm fascinated by the fact that you're using a lot of these materials that are decades old. Mm -hmm. And it it seems like there would be a, you know, people on radio say, oh, you got to sell it completely different now. It's a whole new thing. But that's not really the case, is it? You're finding that those are solid principles that those gentlemen had developed back then.
2: Yes. And and my belief is, you know, when you think about it, what's the best selling book of all time? What's the book we still read all the time? And it was probably written 2000 years ago. You know, and how come they don't say, you yeah, know, the Bible's old fashioned? We don't need to follow those principles. Those Ten Commandments need to be changed. Right? Uh, There's probably some people who say that, but you know, most most of Amer- uh, most of the world doesn't believe that. Same thing with, with sales training. It, it's a basic stuff. I mean, you're selling social pretty much the same way. There's still basic principles of selling.
1: Yeah. All right. So now we have uh, a new hire, and you put them through a ten day crash course before they go out in the street
2: yeah about- approximately ten days, sometimes a little faster, sometimes a little
1: slower <laughs> yeah and and um, do you have individuals that drop out of that?
2: Oh gosh, yes, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know what? I get on my hands and knees and I thank the Lord above because right. <laughs> I quit before I put them out in the street. It, it is kind of a like you know what? it isn't for everybody. this is part of my coaching too. you know, wrestling isn't for everybody, and you know what I gotta wean it out. I'd like to have them quit before they even start. Right, but at least I catch it early. And these guys know we're serious. Um, you know, we even give them exams and, you know, it's not like really hard and stuff. Like if they're doing their homework, if they're at least listening and you know, all they gotta do is get a 70% on it. And if they don't get a 70, then we go over it again to make sure that they
1: understand the material.
2: So it's kind of old school a little bit, uh, you know, and, but it works.
1: Yeah. So is this um, every or they're sitting in an office being taught? Like a is it your old school teacher days? I mean, is this a nine to five process that they're in?
2: Yeah. What I change it over the years. I have I keep the same principles, but I change how I present it. Right now, I give them a, a checklist, and and we go through any order they want to go in, uh, any order they want to. Like if I'm busy doing something, and and it says on there, well, we have to learn about uh, closing or something. There'll be another thing on there that they can learn how to how to do a production order. So they'll go and check that out. So it's a checklist of things they need to have checked before they can go on the street and they don't have to do it in any any particular order. So uh, they're they're in the they're in the office, but they're not sitting there in a chair for eight hours a day. I
1: see. Okay. So they got projects. I might, it's almost like a scavenger hunt. They got to go and find a production <laughs> supervisor somewhere in the it's building.
2: <laughs> exactly. Like a scavenger. Hunt. I've thought about
1: that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's fascinating. And it actually answers a question. I, I'm not, I don't need to ask now. And I always ask, you know, can you fix a bad hire with training? Well, you have the training to make sure you didn't make a bad hire. And if you did, <laughs> yeah. right.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and in the words of Dean Sorensen, uh, this is an inexact science yeah. because I get frustrated. It's like, how do we miss that? You know, why do they quit? You know, because we give them Omnia profiles and then, oh, this person will be great, but right. you don't have, it doesn't measure lazy and crazy.
1: Yeah, exactly, which is, is always the things you're trying to prevent, right? So, so now you have the sales guy getting trained. So how do you build an effective team inside the building with traffic and, and production and, and all the other uh, people running around the uh, station?
2: Well, I tell you, I've been fortunate. Uh, we have had uh, our same traffic person and production guys for a long, long time. And I mean like 28 years, 30 years, some of them. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I've been yeah. really lucky. And, yeah. and you know what the key is? It isn't money. I try to study this as much as I can. and uh, You know, I listen to all these gurus on, on, uh, on all these videos and stuff. And it really isn't money. It really isn't. It, it's up there, but it isn't. So we're trying to make it even more family friendly here. So we're doing a lot, you know, we've loosened a lot of that uh, from the 1980s through the nineties to the two thousands. It's really keeping them is the key because, um, finding them isn't really that difficult for for on air, but keeping them and training them and I got a guy now that's been with me who does that for me, my operations manager, and I think you met him his name is chad wilkinson mm-hmm. he he kind of does all this for me and and he teaches and does all that the same kind of principles only with different material
1: right I see and so that's amazing to have you know it's a tribute to. Uh, to have a staff uh, that long. And certainly you've done some things right then uh, when it comes to building that team inside the station. I know that that's internal. Looking out externally now, uh, the Peak of Ohio brand is pretty well known in your community. Uh, Connecting the community is uh, very important, of course, with local radio stations. How do you do that at Peak of Ohio? We
2: had a newsman for 28 years, and he just left me, uh, left us a couple, a couple months ago. And and it's uh, so it's really a good question because he grew with us, and he was awesome at doing this. Now we had to start over again, so it's really making me a, 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 a tune to this kind of a thing. And I just talked to him today. I, I asked two questions in, in our news because it isn't the music we play. Because every song we play, when we play a song, we cease to be local. You can hear that song anywhere. It's between those songs that sets us apart. And a big part of that is not only local sports and local weather, but it's local news. That's so important. And I'm trying to get that point across to our new news person. And I'll ask him two questions. You know, what is the buzz of the community and what is the buzz nationally? We don't do national news anymore, very little, because you can get that anywhere, but you can't get local uh bell fountain logan you know our area our communities you can't get that news anywhere else except us and maybe the newspaper and and they're they're really skimming down their staff and they're not real strong anymore so it's really gotten to be us and i ask them two things i ask them you know what's the buzz of the local and what's the buzz nationally the buzz local we gotta get other people to talk on the radio and talk about that as well as us but the buzz national national stuff is okay if it's a national buzz thing, maybe masks, national buzz thing, well, let's make it local and talk to the local health people and the local, uh, you know, uh, retailers and things like that. So it boils down to as much local stuff you can talk about. Local yoko sells, man. I yeah, mean, yeah. obituaries we put on the air. We still do that because people want to hear it. You know, the, what's new in pink and blue, the new births. We still do that. It's if someone likes our station from 50 miles away, then I know we're doing something wrong. I don't want them to like us. They're gonna come back. My friends from Columbus will come here. Man, this is local yokel stuff. I said, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that's kind of where, where where we're at. If they like us from afar, then we're not doing a good job. I, I want these local people to really look at us and listen to us because we do have um uh, uh um you know we've created an online newspaper that that's doing super well. Because if they're watching us, looking at us, listening to us, whatever, it's all local. All
1: right, what I tell you, what I'd like to do is I'd like to explore that a little deeper, particularly that online newspaper and how you're doing and accomplishing that. But first, it's time for our Ask John
0: segment. It's time to ask John, a regular feature where we ask John Garziglia, a partner with the FCC law firm Womble, Carlisle, Sandridge and Rice, about legal matters facing the broadcast radio industry.
1: John, the question we have today uh, concerns contesting. Obviously, there are FCC rules regulating uh, contests that are on the air. How about radio stations that are holding contests but are limited to only online?
3: Well, the FCC's rules cover on-air contests. If a contest is not promoted on the air, but only run on a station's website or other, over, over other social media, then the FCC's contesting rules don't apply. Now, the FCC did change in 2015 its requirements for reading complete contest rules over the air. You might remember a time when, at least once a day, uh, the complete set of rules had to be read. Well, now complete contest rules may be disclosed either over the air, same as before, or on an internet website. But please remember, the FCC has not backed off on its requirements that any station conducted contest promoted or advertised over the air must have its rules fully and accurately disclosed, must conduct the contest substantially as advertised, and the descriptions of the contest must not be false, misleading, or deceptive. Uh, if the FCC's Enforcement Bureau pursues a station for not conducting a contest in accord with the rules or promoting a contest in a false or misleading way, expect to spend ten, tens of thousands of dollars in attorney's fees, with the likelihood the station, if unsuccessful in defending itself, will also be liable for a substantial FCC fine. I'd say to watch out in particular for overzealous radio personalities to the extent they exist live on the air anymore, short-circuiting a contest description or over-promoting are both uh, things that should be watched for. A statement such as, we could could be giving away $1,000 in the next few minutes if the station's not going to give away that money or attempt to give it away until the next day could be deceiving. The statement that we're going to give away more than $10 million when there are perhaps 200 radio stations nationwide as part of the uh, radio station chain, we're giving the money away, could be misleading. And finally, uh, uh, needless to say, a statement such as you could win the keys to a brand new Corvette, while it's cute, would be uh, looked upon adversely by the FCC.
1: (laughs) We are back and we are visiting with Lou Vito listening to his cool radio story and right before the break we were chatting about the Peak of Ohio website and a newspaper that he's running out of there and so Lou I'd like to ask you uh, how's that project going
2: We are now doing over 2.8 million page views a month Wow and our, and our you know our city's like 14,000 13,000 and counties like you know 49 yeah, you know, and it just—it's crazy. Uh, and the key to that, and I know a lot of folks are going to disagree with me on this, probably because it's a real pain, but it's really worth it. I think is our uh, comment section, and and we have to, we have to monitor that a lot. <laughs> but uh, that has been the the I wanted to have a a, a place where people can can uh, share ideas and have like a forum, something the newspaper used to do, but doesn't do it anymore, and. And I know why, but because but, these people can say anything they want. But at the, at the end of the day, that's really the, the key, I think, local news, local sports, local weather and having comments. And this newspaper idea has filled the void. We had a person uh, get arrested not long ago where they, the, I was reading the police report and this person was pleading with the officer to not have his name on com. I just thought that was funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we made it. Yes, they said that is, a, that is indeed. A, don't want to be in our, That's the first thing you said. <laughs> that's great. That's a sign. please don't put my name All out. right, so a couple of different things. So the, the the daily news. So you go to your website. You got the local news. You got a top story. Local sports. You're covering all that yourselves, right? You're your news directors, and yes. you got sports and stringers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, stringers. Okay, but then you have a peak daily news. Is that a, a yeah. email you sent out?
2: Yeah, that's uh kind of an aggregate of the of the newspaper comes out in a email form or like it, it looks like it, it like it can fit on your phone pretty easily. It works right. on your phone very nicely. Yeah. I, I don't have all the the technical giz, you know gibberish on that stuff, but uh, that comes out every day at twelve o'clock Eastern. And it just I don't even know how it comes out, but uh, we work with Riverbender and they do it for us. And and there's I don't know four five thousand now they get that.
1: Right. And are you uh selling sponsorships yes. or that? Yeah. Yeah. Right.
2: Different sponsorships yeah. than we sell uh than we sell on the web one. Right. Which the web one you can get on your phone too. So
1: yeah. And then you also uh so you kind of consolidate your stations all to a single site.
2: No, we have two sites, but okay. but the it's operate like we have a basically a sales uh satellite office in Urbana, Ohio. And here in Bell Fountain, we have all, all the music and stuff. Is basically everything is generated from here and sent to the other stations.
1: I got it. Got it. Okay. And so um, you are selling from a non-traditional radio, let's just call it. You're, you're selling newsletters, you're selling spots on the website, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> billboard advertising, if you will. and um, And then you have obviously the radio station, but now you're also into high school sports, right? Well, we were always into high school sports,
2: but we're into TV streaming of high school sports. That's okay. fairly new.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about that technology a little bit. Um, you Obviously, you've been doing a few you know, a few teams, and now you're trying to create a larger entity. Is it just the schools you've been working with to try and get them to uh, – you're doing all of their games via video. How are you doing that? Yeah, well,
2: because of some of the uh, uh, NFHS uh, stuff, uh, w- which we're – we're working on uh, getting schools to get away from that because it, we're uh, currently they have contracts that say you can't go do the video taping, but there a lot of schools are breaking that contract and letting us do that. So we're right now we're just doing. I'm, I'm kind of like if you broke it down in the words of Van ha- Vance Harrison out of uh, Oklahoma, crawling, walking, running. I'm in the fast walking area. I started out barely crawling, and now I'm moving pretty good, but I'm not running like a lot of stations. So you got me at a good time. I could probably help people who are just starting
1: out. Right, right. Because
2: we're doing, um, uh, we did, uh, I mean, I know some people are doing 750 events a year. I mean, that's like crazy. Uh, We're nowhere near there, but we're doing basketball, football. We've done, uh, you know, parades. We've done uh, memorials. We've done, um, we're going to do fireworks this coming year. What else do we do? Volleyball. Uh, We're going to do soccer, wrestling. Um, So we're getting into a lot of things. And we did our first girls game the other day, which was great. Uh, It's because I'm going to start doing more of that too, like volleyball. I got to do more volleyball and and things like that.
1: Yeah. So let's, let's break that down a little bit. Obviously, you've got staffing issues. So you've got people going and covering each of these games or are you having the schools do that for you
2: oh no we're doing that, okay. we're doing that. in fact I'm doing that okay
1: so so you're covering these individually. Yes, covering some of them yes yeah. and then you have other uh, yes people on staff that are videoing essentially and calling a game
2: yes we yep. used uh, radio announcers for calling we've had oh we do a, we do a like tonight I'm gonna do a show from a restaurant. And we'll have, I only have one cameraman myself and then one uh, interview person who's an, an on-air person and we bring in coaches and players at the restaurant. So okay. we'll have that on. So we do that every week. We try to do several events every month because I have people that have bought advertisements by the month, you know, for the whole year, they buy whatever we do. Kind it. And, you know, and now we're getting into product placement and other opportunities to sell. There's so many ways to make money in this and- so many ways other than just the old-fashioned terrestrial radio that that that's probably the, what's changed the most uh in the last couple of years
1: yeah well and, and so that leads to the next question which is the revenue so you've got the sponsorship of the games themselves as you say you have a annual contract that says whatever you guys are doing on on video we're, we we want to be a part of that um, and now I love this idea of product placement. So here you are doing a coach's show. Let's call called that at a local bar that's paying for you to be there, right? Right. And then, um, yeah. And then you have happen to have a a, a bottle of light beer on the table. <laughs> well, the
2: high schools we stay away. Although we have okay. one, in, uh, we have one when I'm videotaping. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, um, uh, like something like you know Dunkin' Donut coffee when. Or something like that. We, we're we're trying different things out now. Right now, my philosophy is a lot like Jim Williams. We'll start at a, at a price that's pretty low, and after we sell it, then we know that you know the product is worth what someone's willing to pay. Once we get that price, it's worth that, right. and then we keep adding on as we get sold out, and we and that's how we improve our rates, and that's how uh, it it grows because we'll have limited uh, entry into a lot of these things, so we can grow the the number up and. And uh, and the clients in in the streaming thing, it's really I find it fascinating that they don't ask like nobody told me they saw it. Where in radio we're held to such high standards, which is good. But the streaming, <laughs> they don't care as long as they see themselves one time. It just seems like I don't know. It just seem, it's easier to sell, and it's they don't ask a lot of questions. Yeah, like, they,
1: they, they have know? a kind of an accountability where they could go back and even look at the video, right? Or they see it as opposed to the you know, the Yeah, I guess they might be
2: watching it without me uh,
1: and they're happy or something. I don't know. I don't know what the- <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, we've covered the staffing, the revenue. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the technology you're using. Um, is this a big investment for you on the video front? Well, I
2: tend to spend more money than, than a lot of others. And... First year, which was about two years ago, I, um, I bought all this equipment and uh, I listened to a bunch of 16 to 20 year old guys that I had hired because they're really good at this stuff. And by the 10th game, they said, Hey, uh, Mr. Vito, uh, we need to buy more equipment. I said, I just <laughs> bought it, you know, 10 <laughs> weeks ago. So I sold it all on eBay. I listened to them. Then I had these guys create their own equipment. They went out and built computers and everything. Like so <laughs> it, then it got pretty expensive because now I'm buying all kinds of high end stuff. And, uh, and I know why, because I'm doing it and, and I think mm, it would be really cool if I had a graphic like they do on ESPN or Fox Sports. So I'll, I'll buy a package of graphics and then I'll have to buy a new piece of equipment to do this and that. And before you know what, I'm spending more money than we're making. But uh, it gets, it's a disease. It's again, I get caught up in this hole. <laughs> and, down and, rabbit uh, hole. It's another rabbit hole I'm in. But, but, it's, but I'm doing it. And, and the good news about this, because I had heard, I'm going to back up a little bit. I'm gonna, I hired these kids to do everything for me. And it worked well for about one season, anyways. Then they started thinking, hey, I can do this myself. Now, remember, they're <laughs> 17 to 12, 16 to 20. And they started going out on calls and underselling me and trying to get it for them. Well, I, I caught wind of this and I just talked to them and called them in my office. They didn't think they did anything wrong. They, I, I just didn't understand. I guess I couldn't explain it to them. And I said to them, I said, listen, I can't do business with you guys anymore because I don't trust you. And um, I said, when you're 30, you're going to understand what I'm talking about. What you did was not right. Anyways, I had to let them go. Well, that was like a Monday and I had a football game on a Friday and nobody, how am I going to, nobody, I had nobody left. I had to learn to use VMix in four days. You know? So I'm on a football game on that first Friday on my own. I just watched a bunch of VMix mix movies, <laughs> which, uh, which is a software company. Right, and I learned to do it, and and by doing that now, I I now am empathetic with what's going on, and I can go to games now and troubleshoot all things I could never have done before.
1: Right, and and I I would add um, that it's come a long way too, right? The software, the video products, and so uh, from everything from a size standpoint to the ability to connect it all via you know at every one of these. Uh, Stadiums, these high school stadiums even uh, usually tend to have pretty good connections these days. So have you found it gotten a, has gotten it a little easier?
2: Yeah, only it's easier because I know what to ask now. Now, I'm still kind of a rookie at this. This, this year, I went to a, a game. It was a basketball game. And I did everything I thought correct. I talked to the... You have to have a relationship with the IT guy there so you can get all this stuff. But what I didn't ask him, I was all set to go. Everything worked. I didn't ask him about the firewall they have on YouTube. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and so I was screwed on that night. So I have a list of things you have to ask. And one of them is, you know, you have to ask these questions and have relationships with the IT folks as well as with the schools. I mean, that is, I guess, with the schools so that you can do the games and you can broadcast and using their stuff and not the one that's public. You know, not the free one that everybody, the thousand people that are there are using you got to use the special one that they have. And mo- most schools now have it. You just got to get the right code and the right, or the right password. Right. And you're set. So yeah, technology has come a long way, but um, you got to ask the right questions. Otherwise you're not going to broadcast it.
1: Right. And, and that's a good point. Like on the internet, you don't want to be sharing the same one. All the people in the stands are, you know, tweeting and sending their Instagram pictures.
0: Yeah, because by the third quarter, <laughs> you don't have a, a, a signal
1: anymore. No, right. So, uh, so, um, uh, you're busy, Lou. Yeah. <laughs> so it uh, sounds like you're running around. You're videotaping fireworks shows, parades. Uh, did you cover bowling? Did you, are you going to cover bowling? Somebody asked yeah. me that, and we <laughs>
2: talked about that. And, and 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 I hear it's crazy. I have not. Uh, I have a. We have a bowler on our staff, and he said you got to go to one of these things. His parents come with ladders. I said what? Ladders. Yeah, <laughs> they, they get up high so they can watch and see. <laughs> I I I have to go to see this. I know some of your listeners are probably thinking, oh, you didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know they would go with ladders, and so I, it could be great entertainment because we're in the entertainment business. This will be that might be but more more fun to watch than the than the actual
1: bowling. Yeah. Well, I right, just think like the crowd, the crowd cam, yeah.
2: <laughs> the ladders and, you know, the life behind the bowlers, you know, their parents, what are they doing? Yeah,
1: that's, that's pretty, really? it would be entertaining. And so we look forward to that. So, but <laughs> but my question was about you being so busy and talk yeah. to you about you personally now and maybe some of your essential organization tools. How do you keep yourself organized?
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. Especially now with, uh, with I kind of run my other son's business too, and that's added so much time taking so much it's a time eater and uh it, I, I have to do it i put everything on i have i i use a basic iCalendar calendar you know i'm a, i'm am a big mac guy and everything is synchronized and and i just write stuff down and then on sundays i do like the Coca did i sit down and i schedule specifically all the things that i've generally written down for the following for the upcoming week so uh that's really how it's very simple and it's the old um what do you used to have those books you just put in your pocket? You know, you used to write things down. I do the same thing, only I do it electronically now.
1: All right. So and like that, a field notes.
2: I, yeah. I can't remember the company I used to buy all the time, put it, it used to fit in your coat pocket all right? And, and I used to write it. But now I have a digital thing and that's how I knew I had to be on this phone call today because otherwise- I would have forgotten about it. <laughs> I had a little alert thing, beep, beep, be two hours. Uh, okay, so so,
1: yeah, right. so so it's basically everything just goes in your calendar, and from there you, you run and operate. And then
2: yeah, and there's another thing. Uh, I did uh, put this calendar on a. Um, I made up a basic spreadsheet. I don't have all this fancy stuff, but a spreadsheet. And every Monday, we, when we have our executive meeting, we we have down all the stations, including our uh, our TV streaming. We call it Peak of Ohio TV. We have all the events we have going on. And this is for our executive staff, you know, our program directors and stuff like that operations. We all look at that and we schedule the whole year in advance and we keep adding and deleting what we want to do. So everybody in the whole company is on the same page. So that's really important because we also have Second Street and there's a lot of that going on, too. We have to sell a lot of like uh, March Madness or whatever the term we're going to use that's legal you know, the, 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 bracket challenge. Right. Right. We have, uh, so every, so we do that too. I have it for a, a staff calendar and then my own personal one. Got it.
1: And and we do, I did want to go back cause I, I wanted to just clarify with you on the distribution of these video games or all these games you video in the parades so you essentially now are storing them all on a, on a YouTube channel. Is that how people are watching them?
2: Well, live, we have peakofohio.com, Peak of Ohio TV. Dot com. I don't know if that was, it gets confusing with peakofohio.com. Peakofohiotv.com is where you can go live or, you know, on, on that site. I'm not happy with it because we're evolving. We're, we're, I need a place to store it other than YouTube. But we do archive it on YouTube. We do cross post on, on uh, other social media as well. For example, Facebook and several of our Facebook pages. So, um, by the way, that's probably where we get the most views is on our Facebook page.
1: Oh, is that right? So you're. Yeah. So is it a live Facebook broadcast, or you yes. post it? Okay, all right. Yeah, and, and
2: I guess it puts out an alert, you know. So a lot of people go on that, and it's on a couple of our depending where we're where the game is on because we have a Facebook page for each pay each station, and also uh, we do store it on Peak Ohio TV. Uh, that's our channel on YouTube, but I, I I'd like to have it stored on uh, on on something that we you know property that we own.
1: Yeah. Well, well, and that's, you know, advice that we've been giving on our, you know, when we talked to John Wanzang about digital is you don't want to build a house on rental property. Right. Which yeah. Is, you know, Like Facebook, because they'll change things on you. Uh, but uh, you talked about the individual radio stations having their own Facebook page. That's where this would show. Are you doing broadcasts that are not on the audio at all? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. tonight tonight's
2: restaurant one will be. And, you know, I, I'm even thinking of some of these basketball games next year just do it on 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 this as a stream because basketball is not as big as football here but it's still a revenue generator so why not just put it on um on the TV and you know it, you just stream it the same way you would radio except you got some pictures with it so it gives us a great opportunity to have uh a, another radio station in
1: in essence right and what, and I, that's i th- you're we're seeing that more and more Um, Right. And just creating and using the strength of the digital.
2: Right. Right. And and Paul Jacobs, I've seen him, actually, I've seen him twice in the last eight days, but he always talks about having content be the middle of of this wheel and have all the other ones be the distribution. And no matter how you distribute it. And I didn't think like this before, but I do now. I mean, I don't care how we get our our brand out there anymore. It used to be just radio. Radio is a big and most important part of it, but we have all these other digital and non-digital ways of getting our product out, our content out.
4: Yeah.
1: yeah. And and as far as the listener goes, you just have to be where they're at. Yeah, I agree. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and they may end up maybe starting on your Facebook, uh, but going into the house or, or leaving and then getting you on the internet again through your own webpage or following up and watching after the game on YouTube, those kinds of things.
2: Yeah, it does kind of – Frustrate me when I watch something on, on our YouTube page or Facebook page and all of a sudden you see an ad that, you know, that Google's making for off of us. Oh, right. You know, and, yeah. it's, it's, and it's our content, you know, and, and, it, and it's not cheap and it's not easy to do. And, and you kind of have, you know, the way they pr- protect their content, I, I think we need to find better ways to protect our content.
1: Right. and so you're you're trying to explore some things on that yes. range as well right yeah that's kind that's of a, maybe a future podcast Lou we can explore that what what you've come up with we're gonna take a short break right now uh, before we finish up with Lou Vito's cool radio stories is uh, Lou I want to explore your four passions of your life that we're talking about uh, before we turn the mic on but before that one quick message here <laughs> I just want to take a short break to let you know about Arches Audio. This is a great new company that has some really great-sounding music that you can license now for your radio station and or podcasting for an annual contract of just $499, access to just a, a treasure trove of great sounds and music that you could use for underbeds of commercials, introductions to your podcast, etc. So I encourage you to check out Arches Audio. Arches is A-R-C-H-E-S, ArchesAudio.com. We return now to a cool radio story of Lou Vito. Lou, you are a high-energy guy. Anyone listening to this podcast could probably guess that I met you, met you in person. You're very driven, um, and you have some passions. And I understand in your life you look back and say you've had four of those. Could you explain that?
2: Four passions in my life. And one of one of them I started off with egos. You ever remember Lego, My Ego?
1: Yes, yes.
2: <laughs> well, I got hooked in this gives you an idea of my personality. I, I started with egos and I started to like these stupid things. And I ate them for morning, lunch, supper, morning, lunch, and snacks. I've had my I went nuts on egos. I, I don't know why, but I ate egos all the time. That's all I ate. And uh, it got to the point my wife went out and bought a ton of them, like a freezer full of these things and then like that movie uh, you know, uh, whatever that can't think of the movie. well, I all of a sudden said like Forrest Gump, all of a sudden I said I don't like egos anymore, so that was the end of that and my wife had a whole thing of egos, which I don't know whatever happened to them but that was crazy, the next one I had was wrestling it got, I was crazy about it, I mean it's all I did I, I would go to wrestling matches, I would wrestle I, I wrestled in college, I, had, I went nuts I, I had camps, I had uh, I did everything with wrestling. I coached little kids, big kids, everybody. And then uh, I got into radio, which was also another crazy thing I got in. And I couldn't stop with that. I was doing that morning, noon, and night. That's all I did. It's all I did. Radio, radio. I couldn't stop learning. I couldn't stop calling people. And, and it'd be like uh, I'd come home at night really late. And people thought I was cheating on my wife. But all the while, I was with my engineer. You know, it was crazy. <laughs> And then I made money on that one, but the one, the other, then the fourth one was snowboarding. It got so crazy that I would snowboard in the morning before I go to work, go to work because I have a little ski resort here, go at lunch, come home, play with the kids and stuff. They went to bed at nine and then I go to Midnight Madness and stay until early in the morning. I did that over and over and over and I became really good. Hell, I took third in the nationals in my age group (laughs) (laughs) and and, and it's just crazy. So uh, I have... My personality is like that. I might be able to add that pretty soon with this goofy streaming, but I'm running out of time and I am getting to the point where I have, uh, I do have other obligations now, you know, <laughs> I, I, got, I got kids and stuff. I got to take care of, but um, I just thought that was funny. I, no, I, that I, is.
1: And that that's really intriguing in that, you know, you just throw yourself 100% at something.
2: Yeah. And you know, I didn't even want to own radio. I just wanted to own a business. I, I wanted to, I, you know, when I was a little kid, and I don't know why, my mother was comes from Italy and everything. And she didn't understand any of this stuff, but I wanted to own the New York Mets. I'm from New York State, and and I thought Joan Payson does. Why can't I? And My mother really tried to just dis- discourage me from owning a business. She really did. I don't know why, but that didn't stop me. And and I I I just wanted to own something, and this just made sense. Radio. I I I didn't like grow up with that. I listened to it a lot as a kid. I did. I grew up with the radio. But I didn't want to, I didn't know you could own a radio station. So when that came when that merged with the wrestling and the and the selling and making and I wanted to make money, um, that it it just all came together with radio and was like the perfect storm. And because I couldn't be an Olympic wrestler, I thought I could be, you know, I could be an Olympic radio guy. You know, I could be the best radio, small market radio guy in the world. I I even talked to Gerald Shepard. You know, I was like, I think he's the best in the world. I'm gonna talk to him, you know, and I did. I met him and You know what I mean? And then I went on to like Dean Sorensen and Roger Utenamer and and Bud Walters. You just talked to him yesterday. Uh, You know, a lot of mentors that are really good. And unfortunately, they're getting older as I am. But these are guys that really know what they're talking about. Not just radio, but they're just good broadcasters, good business people.
1: Don't you agree? Absolutely. And that's really kind of what I'm trying to do here with this podcast is to take all this institutional knowledge, if you will, or just, you know, um, off the cuff knowledge and help future radio station owners, future radio station managers uh, get that knowledge from these sources. And, And that's one of the reasons at the beginning of this conversation, I was like, you're still using these tried and true principles from decades ago. And, and folks, the, the magic is written on the stone tablets. Listen to the people who wrote it, right? And so we've had Dean Sorensen and, and on this podcast amongst them. Oh, I can them. listen to that one then. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of other names you mentioned because that's who we should be learning from. And you uh, are an excellent testament to that because you've never stopped learning and you know you you know you self taught yourself how to run vmix overnight you know and, and but you know the the amount of radio station and you mentioned the chris lytles and you know all these great great sales trainers of the past that are really had fundamental knowledge that can help anybody in any age in any position in this industry
2: you know you're absolutely right cuz that that's so and your questions were great cuz it got me going but you're absolutely right, and I get that sometimes. I'll say, you know, Lou Vito teaches stuff that from a long time ago, and that's where I come up with that Bible thing. And I said, you know, tell them ask him what book is, you know, people still refer <laughs> to. I mean, you know, you know, and, and I have my, we have our company Ten Commandments, and I say just like, uh, like probably like Jesus said, like, listen, there's Ten Commandments. I didn't say take the best seven out of ten; you do all of them. You know, right? right. And, and that's the thing people are trying to mess with all this stuff with new stuff. But it comes down to you can take the the fundamentals of those principles, and you can do it in a different way. But it's still the fundamentals. Right? I mean, the Bible is still applicable today, maybe in a different way, but it's still the principles are correct, right?
1: Right, and you know, and that's where we say you know, radio is the original social media. Yeah, right. Yeah. right? And so let's use that strength to go ahead and embrace all this new technology out there that's you know supposedly be uh, some would say the demise of us. No, for many it's been uh, the off-ramp to, to great things.
2: You know, Tom. I, at this thing I was at uh, in in Chalk ca- Casino, th- th- there's still a lot of people that are younger than, even younger than me. That you know, I, I'm a, I still have a flip. They kind of brag about that stuff. You know, I got a flip phone. It's like, well, come on, man. Or um, you know, there's. You, 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 have you met people that that are like in their 60s and say, I, I don't. I'm not doing that crap. I still have my flip phone. This is good enough for me. It's like, well, not me. I gotta. I'm a gadget guy. I gotta know the the latest stuff. I'm one of the few, I guess, that, like, I talked to these guys too. They got other people doing it. I think it's important you do it. You gotta learn and see what they're going through. Like, you know, you can have the internet. I mean, you just can't use a hotspot. You gotta have. Uh, you gotta get it cleared that you can have YouTube so they don't have they don't block you and all these little things that i learned the hard way
1: yeah well and it, like you said you ended up being thrown into having to cover that game yeah know, three four days after you found out you had to cover it and you probably realized that it was there were some challenges but it just made you better for the next guy to train yeah. right and i remember the first time um our traffic uh department left and, uh, you know, very suddenly, and I was absolutely freaking out, like I will never be able to get another radio commercials on uh, on this air. And I just called Marketron and said, you're just going to have to give me a couple hours here.
4: <laughs> you <know? laughs> I agree, yeah.
1: and, and I figured it out. And the next thing, you know, I'm like, I can't believe it was taking them 20 hours
0: to do this. This is a five hour job. I know.
1: I know. <laughs>
3: so.
0: It's time to dig into digital, our segment on how you can use digital to unleash the power of your station. Here's our digital guide, Zhang Wan Zung, CEO of Radio Max. We asked John to tackle the
1: question about content. What is the key content that should appear on any local radio station's website?
4: Obviously, the news feeds are, I think, are hugely important, especially the local news feeds. And again, those can be RSS feeds. It's not like you've got to plug them in. You know, work with the local paper, work with whoever's got the, the feeds that you want to make sure that this content being talked about in your locale that's being presented on the website because you are part of that that local community and they're going to be looking to you for resources, especially if you're talking about the stuff on air. Weather, right? Same thing, another RSSC, having to make sure that you got weather. And I know you we you know we talked about the DJs, but I think it's really important to have that staff bios. Um, on the, the website, you know, we're so connected to our local DJs and having that information about them just gets us even more connected with your station, with your personalities. Contesting, however you're doing your do you, you kind of have a uh, a fan club or a rewards program, having those. Also, the advertisers making sure that your advertisers are well-positioned on your website. Everyone that's on the air, you need to make sure that those are being promoted on your website. We're gonna, um, hopefully, that we're going to talk about this a little later when we talk about social media and using those on-air ads and social media. But I think there's also ways that you could, when you're putting up your advertiser, to put up an audio feed of the ad. If I've heard it once, I'm sure you have as well, Tom. How many times does a station get called and go, I heard an ad and I can't remember exactly what it was. And to be able to put that audio ad that you're already playing over the air on the website is going to create much more impact. People that want to hear the ad, they can go back and they can get the information as opposed to calling the station or moving on because they just can't remember.
0: That's John Wan Zung, CEO of Radio Max. For more on using digital to unleash the power of your station, visit (laughs) radiomax.co.
4: We're back
1: with the final word. Uh, we have been listening to the cool radio story of Lou Vito, the president of VTech Communications, uh, peakofohio.com, peakofohiotv.com, a whole bunch of stuff. And Lou, we certainly appreciate you taking the time. Um, our, our listeners may want to follow up with you, Lou. How would they get a hold of you?
2: You can, you can reach me at uh, Vito at, I'll give you this one. I got so many email addresses. Uh, VTC, that's VTech Communications, VTCOhio.com. LVito at VTCOhio.com.
1: LVito at VTCOhio.com. Yeah, V like VTech. Right. Like Vito. Right. And we will, uh, of course, put that in the show notes. And we appreciate you taking the time with us. Um, and I also, uh, you're so humble. You mentioned your son. I will let our listeners know that your son will be competing in the Winter Olympics this year, correct? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. That's Louis Vito. And that's fantastic. Congratulations. How exciting.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> The second one, uh, although he's on a different country this time, he wanted to start in the U.S. and end on Italy. So that's what he's doing.
1: No, good for him. Good He'll for be an old
2: man now. Yeah, and,
1: and exciting. And so I'm sure handling his career, working with him, is, is also kept you
2: pretty. Oh cool. my gosh! Yeah, you know, one thing I'm learning about social media from those those young millennials, man, it, it's a different. It's it's crazy out in that world, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, you are a very busy man, and so the fact that you took some time to share your cool radio story with us today is greatly appreciated. Uh, Lou Vito thank you so much for joining us
2: and, and thank you and, and we enjoy your services uh they're 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 great for us and and, and keep us posted on how you your company grows too as well
1: yeah, Mr. So right. All right, we will as we're looking forward to our video as well and some of this uh, video streaming opportunities so thank you Lou for pointing that out and, uh, and our listener thank you for tuning in you've been listening to cool radio stories
0: a production of cool radio streaming <laughs> You've been listening to Cool Radio Stories, a production of Cool Radio Streaming. For more information, show notes, guest profiles, and more, visit CoolRadioStories.com and subscribe to the podcast at Apple iTunes, Overcast, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts.